opened the browser and tried to concentrate on hair and makeup, avoiding all thought about what Morrow was going to say when Harrison told him the watered-down story of what had happened in Sinful. At five minutes till seven, Ida Bell, Gertie, and I walked inside the Catholic Church and headed down a long hallway toward the GW's meeting room. I'd spent the last 24 hours studying flashcards and reading every internet article I could find on beauty tips. At 2 a.m., I'd run out of brownies. But being the team player that she was, Gertie not only answered her phone, but also made another batch and brought them right over. They weren't as good as Allie's, but I wasn't about to complain. I was high on sugar and coffee and completely lacking sleep and, likely, any common sense. Gertie pointed to a branch in the hallway and we turned right, almost slamming into a woman, probably in her mid-thirties, who was practically jogging toward the exit, her husband a couple of steps behind me. It didn't take a psychologist to see there was trouble in marital paradise. I cannot believe you suggested letting that woman get her hands on our daughter, the woman said as she pushed past us. Why didn't you tell me she was back in town? The man shot us an apologetic look before hurrying after his clearly angry wife. I didn't know she was in town, for Christ's sake, Joni. I haven't spoken to her since high school. Then why did she call your cell this afternoon? I didn't answer, so I don't know, and I don't want to know. The woman pushed open the exit door and continued her charge out in the parking lot. What was that about? I asked, figuring Gertie and Ida Bell had the scoop on everything in town. Ida Bell shook her head. Another satisfied customer of Pansy's. The husband, I mean. Mark and Joni have been a couple since the crib. But Pansy got him drunk one night at a party when Joni had the flu, and the rest is history. I cringed. That's horrible. She's a horrible person, Gertie said. I know Pastor Don says everyone can be redeemed, but I have my doubts about that one. She'd have to be sorry to be redeemed, Ida Bell pointed out. And Pansy has never been sorry. In fact, she's taken great pleasure in rubbing it in other women's faces. I sighed. Let's get this over with. Excited voices echoed from the room long before we reached the door, and I frowned as I realized some of them sounded much younger than the average GW age. My worst fears were confirmed when I opened the door and saw that the room was filled with monsters. Short monsters, shorter monsters, monsters with big hair and too much makeup, monsters crying, monsters fighting over toys. It was scarier than my last mission in the Middle East. Pansy spotted me from across the room and gave me a big fake smile. Isn't this great, she said, although I'm certain she immediately clued in on the fact that I didn't think it was great at all. We figured why not do a trial run with some of the contestants. Some? A sliver of horror ran through me. There's more? Oh, yes. Every mother with a child under the age of ten will have her little darling in the pageant. I glanced around the room, stunned at the sheer volume of little people. 
As I'd seen only a handful of children during my stay in Sinful, I assumed they were usually caged or drugged. Since I decided to do this last minute, Pansy went on, I figured you wouldn't bring supplies, so I set you up at a table with some of mine. She pointed to a table with more beauty products than Walmart, and I glanced over at Gertie and Ida Bell, whose expressions gave me no doubt this plan wasn't last minute, as I'd already suspected. And you want me to do what? Sell the products? Pansy sighed. Of course not. I want you to make up these girls. You can't expect these children to know anything about fashion. Look at their mothers. Those women are clearly not qualified to apply moisturizer. Pansy frowned at the mothers who were huddled in a corner.